episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. First of all, before we get into today's episode, it's going to be covered over two episodes. Part one will be released just after Christmas and part two will be released just after New Year's. Wow. So episode one was very controversial and I did not expect it. What did you think? Very surprising. (laughs) I didn't expect that um, controversy on our Instagram posts at all. No, not at all. We had some, quite a few questions raised. So, and I did say that we'd address them in this episode. So do you think that maybe you could pick a few of the controversial topics and I can address them further to clarify for anyone who had any misconceptions? Yes. I think we should start with like the benefit for your house. Like obviously, you know, what's best for your family and what's best for other people's family. It's probably not the best for yours. So I feel like that needs to be addressed first that you're not like torturing these kids. It's just what works for you guys. (laughs) It is what works for us. And it's what our kids want. As I had said, our kids want to be together. And if we let the children make up their own mind they would always choose to be with us especially with us first because in the other household big and little jay don't have any other siblings they do in this household big k yes he has a younger brother but he's still a baby so not that he doesn't have a brotherly connection with him but he has a bigger connection with his older brothers and his sister in our household So it's not that we're torturing these children and forcing them to split the day. It's what they want. But speaking of what the kids want, a lot of people said that I was coming from a place of what I wanted and what suited the parent. So I thought I would unpack that a little bit. Okay. As I've said before, I grew up in a blended family. I grew up in a blended family where... I spent Christmas Day every year with my older brother and sister. So it was the four of us kids always together. They didn't see their mum. That has been something that I've had to compromise with, with my own son, that he doesn't spend the whole day with me. He spends half the day with his father. But the other half is my husband's side. So he grew up in a blended family. And his take on it is he grew up with a high-conflict bio mum and he spent 90% of his Christmases without seeing his younger brother. So my husband has a stepsister and a half-brother. He's in his, my husband's in his 40s now and he does not remember a single Christmas that he spent with his dad. What? All of his Christmases were with his mum and his full biological brother never with his stepsister, half-brother, dad, or stepmom. Oh, wow, that's crazy. So he grew up with the high-conflict mother that made things difficult for him to have a relationship with his father. Yeah. So Does he have a relationship with him now? It's um, not a very father-son relationship. It's more a business relationship. Oh. 
So once my husband grew up, he started working for his father and that's when their relationship really formed. So it's more like that co-worker, boss-employee relationship that sort of continued. Right. It's not the same relationship that his youngest brother has with his father. Well, because of the mom who didn't want him to have a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Because she was a spiteful, high conflict right. fighter mom. Um, and before anyone comes at me for saying talking about this, I have my husband's permission to talk about this. Um, Cover all your bases. <laughs> I I spoke to him beforehand because he does it every time. He's like, "What are you talking about?" He likes to know right. what you're talking about. He likes to feel involved. Um, and I told him and I asked him if I could talk about the things that he's told me. And he's like, yeah. And then he wrapped. That's when I found out this. It was only tonight that I found out that he does not recall a Christmas with his youngest brother. That's crazy. That's sad. It is. And it's sad. And even now, like his youngest brother's grown up and he spends most of his Christmases with his wife's family. Oh. So we, we don't even see them then. Um, and I guess it's all just how growing up affects our adult life. Right. I'm not torturing my children. And a lot of people came at me saying that I was coming from a place of what I want. It's also what my children want. And I know one listener commented on the fact that I had mentioned Big K has asked to do separate birthdays. That is because... And I'm only going to touch on this lightly because I don't want to make the whole podcast about this and this issue. If you want to know more, follow my page, follow my blended chaos. But my son and I had a DV relationship with his father, which has continued into co-parenting. And that still impacts my son's relationship with his father to this day. And he made the choice so that he didn't feel uncomfortable or pressured into sharing his birthday with both his mother and father, where if I was spending the day, if he was in my care and I was hosting a birthday party, his dad and his dad's family wouldn't show up. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So it made him uncomfortable, whereas splitting the day on Christmas, he still gets to see both sides of the family. Right. And it's different. Like Christmas is different because I have a bunch of siblings and like spending Christmas with them, it was just like the best. Like my husband's an only child. I cannot imagine what that life is like at Christmas where you don't get to be with your siblings. So on my birthday though, I don't remember ever caring whether or not my siblings were there. So I feel like it's different to want to split like one day or the other when you're just talking about like the fact of you want to hang out with your siblings. Exactly. And My son is still, he hasn't turned eight yet. He turns eight this December. This will also be the first year that he doesn't see his father on his birthday. And the realization has hit him when he looked at. So we have a custody schedule calendar in our kitchen. So the boys can easily see when they're coming and going and make it easier for them for the transition. That's a good idea. And he realized, he goes, oh, am I not seeing dad this year? And I had to explain to him that we had this discussion earlier in the year where he had asked not to see him. And I said to him, and this is the difference between the houses and the conflict, is that if my son said, I want to see my dad, I would happily make that happen for him. 
Right, but yeah. next year when he's with his father, if Big K was to turn around and say, Dad, I want to see Mum, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. And that's just the difference in the relationship and who we are as people and what we see as best. So me saying that our kids should split Christmas and even referencing Santa. Now, I know not every household does Santa, but we do. And when I referenced that the children only believe in Santa for such a short period of time, it was more talking about that age where the magic is alive for the kids because I know personally once I turned, well, as we said in the other episode, I stopped believing when I was eight. But once I turned 15, I had a job and I chose to work Christmas Day because I chose for the extra money. Right. <laughs> There's going to come a point in the in the kids' lives where they don't want, they're going to want to do what they want to do. So, yeah. And currently my children are choosing that they want to do half-day Christmas Day. And so we will continue that regardless of what the other parents want because the other parents are requesting year about for their own personal reasons. Gotcha. Yeah. Then they're not coming from a point of where what the children want. They want the day to themselves. Right. Because it is it is a pain to like have to like meet up with someone like that, like on Christmas Day, which I totally get. And I'm an advocate for my steps and spending the whole day with us or her, but he has no siblings on either side. I feel like if he did have siblings that would like change that. Um, but my big thing with that is that bio mom lives an hour away and we also have to see my husband's parents on Christmas. So we're actually, we've, we've decided to celebrate a day early this year for this reason, but we were like, He's going to have presents at our house, open them, and then have to leave almost right away. And then he's going to have to do the same at my in-law's house. And then he gets to go and open presents at bio mom's house. And she just gets to keep him for the rest of the day. So we're like, the only gifts he's going to be able to play with that day are from bio mom. Yeah. Pretty much. So that's why I like a whole day. I get that as well. Um, But the way our schedule normally works now, keeping in mind that I spoke about in the last episode or the last two episodes, that our whole schedule has been thrown off this year with multiple changeovers. So the way our schedule should work is we have, because in Australia it's six weeks, and I keep repeating this just for anyone who doesn't understand, we have six weeks off over December, January, So the week before Christmas, the children are normally with one parent until 12 p.m. Christmas Day. So what we try to do in our house is we try and do all our Christmas visits that week. We'll visit my husband's mum, we'll visit my husband's dad, we'll visit my parents, we'll see any cousins in between. But Christmas morning is just us in our home normally. Right. And then on the following year, we'll have from 12 p.m. Christmas Day through to 12 p.m. New Year's Day, which means that we get from 12 p.m. onwards on Christmas Day is our time, and we fit our other Christmas visits in after that. Okay, yeah. So that's why it works for us, and that way the kids still get to spend the time together without travelling too much in between too many places visiting people. Right. Once again, this is just what works for my family and my kids and it's my opinion based on what works for my family and my kids right 
And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said at the beginning, no, like no two families work the same way. So it's like, what works for you isn't necessarily going to work for anybody else. So absolutely. And like you said, your stepson doesn't have siblings on either side. Right. That may change for you and your husband when and if you have a child of your own together. Right. And on those days, I'm going to be upset when he doesn't spend Christmas with us at all. Because then neither of the kid will get to see their sibling. And that would definitely make me sad. Absolutely. And I think we we had a conversation um, outside of recording where you said you can't imagine growing up not seeing your siblings on Christmas Day. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> so it would make me sad for both of them. Because it's so much more fun when you have someone your age who also like believes in all this magic and everything. Absolutely. And even just now, even though there's a 10-year age gap between Big J and Little K, but he just, he ignites the magic for all of his younger siblings. Yeah, I love that. And it's just something you don't get from being with just parents. Like that's definitely like a sibling thing. Yeah, and I think that's why Big and Little J like to see us on Christmas Day. And I did say that, you know, they would choose to be with us. When I say that, it doesn't mean they don't want to see their other family. The boys want to see their mom, but they also want to be together with their siblings. I think right. they want to be with their siblings more than they want to be with my husband and I. I feel on Christmas, no offense, but I honestly would totally believe that. Because it's like, it's just so fun being with your siblings. Absolutely. And they they do, they have fun together. And we don't have any of the the drama that people commented saying that it's too stressful for the kids going between the houses. It's normal for our kids. And I guess it's because right. it's what we have done from the beginning. But my husband and I are not naive to think that this is going to continue forever, you know? Right. Big J is 12. He goes into high school next year. There's going to come a time in his life where he gets a job or he gets a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you know, right? He he's going to start making decisions of his own, what he wants to do on Christmas day. And we will respect that. But while they're little, while they're young, while they want to do this, then yeah, we're going to continue to do this. Yeah. I, I would totally agree with that too. So I think we've covered that one. What other hot topics do you think we should talk about? Um, so the one that this is like the only one that really bothered me was that people were upset that Big K was like a mediator in the family. I don't care if you have a blended family or not. There's always a kid who's the mediator. And that's my point. And maybe mediator is not the right word, but it's the word that I used at the time. But any mum of multiple children, whether you're a stepmom or a bio mom, if you have two well, three or more children, and it's usually the middle child. I was just about to say that. It is. <laughs> and it's not that they're a mediator. It's not that I'm locking the kids in a room, forcing them to sort their crap out. It's that right. he's a natural peacekeeper. Exactly. His, his presence mediates the situation. He just him being here stops problems from occurring that would otherwise occur if he wasn't here. Right. And I mean, that is completely natural. I don't know any family that has three or more kids that doesn't have a mediator. Because uh, you've got several Even if that's siblings. Not you've got several yeah, siblings. Yeah. And 
on the middle child and I was the, always the one keeping the peace between all of them. Yeah. So it's a natural thing. Like I, I'm the youngest, I'm the youngest of four. And I specifically remember growing up my eldest brother. So he's the second eldest. He was the mediator. He was also okay. the biggest stirrer who caused most of the drama, but he was the <laughs> mediator who kept most of the peace amongst the other three siblings. Right. So just for anyone who wants to come at me about my son being a mediator, he is not being locked in a room with his older brothers being forced to sort out the situation. It's just that his natural presence, because he is a mellow child, drama-free, just his presence keeps the peace. Right. Also, like, having a third party there who's not always there, I can't speak on, like, step or half-siblings, but... My sister and I are super close. We're like just barely a year apart. We had the same friends and everything. So we used to go to like people's houses and we didn't fight nearly as much when we were with like a third friend. When it was just us two, we like beat the crap out of each other. Absolutely. And so having like a third party definitely helps, even if they're not like a peacekeeper. Absolutely. And even just this week with Big K being at his dad's, Big J asked to go have a sleepover at a friend's house because he wanted to get away from his brother. He wanted to get away from oh. Big J. So even he recognized that not having Big K here, that there were problems stirring and he asked to remove himself from the situation. At least he recognizes it. That's a good step. <laughs> he does. The older he gets, the easier he gets. But he he felt that. He felt that he needed a night away because his little brother was being too much and you know we're currently going through some stuff um you know little jay's seeing some doctors for some assessments on things so he's more overwhelming and more intense than your average neurotypical child i mean siblings always need time away from each other anyway so they do and (laughs) before we moved to five nights a fortnight Big J quite often would ask for like to come on an off weekend because he okay. knew, um, especially before we had little K, he knew there was no other kids here. Oh, okay. So it was happening before she was born. It was happening quite often. It was probably happening about once a month. He'd come on an off weekend as extra And that's Big time. J you said? Yeah, Big J, the older one. Okay, but- so he just needed like some time by himself. Yeah, but he's also the one who's been asking to live with us since he was eight. That's hard that he can't. He can't, and we tried, but that's a whole other issue when we get into (laughs) going to court. I know, we could definitely do probably like five episodes on court. I just spent two years there, so I could do five episodes by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I, I did a year, so I've at least got, let's say, three episodes by myself. So I'm sure we could uh, come up with a couple, like, parts of that episode. Absolutely. Probably the last listener opinion that we should probably address is that I was jacking my kids up on sugar like it was crack. And <laughs> when when we publish this episode, I will post a picture of exactly what I fed my kids and I'll let our listeners have an opinion if I fed them too much sugar or not. But in my opinion... I didn't feed them any more sugar than if you were to feed your kids pancakes or waffles for breakfast. Right. 
Also, like Christmas is a, it's different than just any other regular day. They're going to eat candy in the morning on Christmas. It is. And I don't know if this is a cultural difference. So it's quite common here in Australia where whenever you send your kids anywhere, you joke to the person that you're sending them to that you've just jacked them up on sugar and fed them sugar for the last few hours straight. Oh, that's funny. So that's a common joke. Like if I'm sending the kids to my mum's, I'll be like, oh, yes, so they've just been eating chips and lollies all day, so have fun. And my mum will do the same thing going, oh, I fed them ice cream and they had extra chocolate and, oh, I bought a fairy floss machine, so they've been making that and eating that all day. That's a common joke here in Australia. So I don't know if my joke was just taken out of context due to a cultural difference. It might have been because I don't know, at least not in any area that I've lived in, I've never heard that as like a common joke. Yeah. So, but I will, I will post a photo. I went searching. I found a photo of what one of the plates looked like that I fed the kids and it was just sweet baked goods. Also, I had one of the listeners commented on the fact that because I said me feeding the kids sweet baked goods for breakfast is no different to them eating dessert with their family for Christmas. Right. So not last year, but the year before when I picked Big K up from his dad, his dad turned around and went, oh, I fed him three desserts before you got him, so have fun. (laughs) So that, that goes to the whole, it's a very cultural joke here in Australia that you're jacking your kids up on sugar before you send right. them to the other parent's house. So it's not like I'm giving them spoonfuls of sugar. Right. Yeah. It, it was just sweets. No different to what I think any other person would feed their kid on Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is like the exception to the rule for like candy and sugar stuff. So it is like the kids wake up and they grab candy canes off the Christmas tree. I don't know. Right. I don't know if you guys hang your candy canes on the Christmas tree, but we do. Yeah. I mean, we don't like my family doesn't, but it is common here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the kids wake up and they eat candy canes. And if the grandparents give them lollies, they're going to eat them. Yeah, of course they are. Um. And it happens between all our kids' houses. It's not just we're doing it to be spiteful monsters. We were just trying to make the first year that we really had them Christmas morning, we were trying to start a new tradition because we're no longer doing the Christmas lunch tradition, which is very big here in Australia. When we decided we're going to take the pressure off ourselves and we're not doing that with the kids anymore because it becomes too stressful for us to try and make it happen within the time frame that we have them. Yeah. I mean, that definitely makes sense. Okay. So our first listener question is how did the two of you meet and what made you do the podcast? We met on our stepmom accounts. <laughs> we did. And I think I followed you first. We've spoken almost every day, not every day, but almost every day since. Yes. And I think I started my account. I think it was March, 2021. Okay, mine was December 2020, I think. So we yeah. started the accounts close together and followed each other. And I think what and we decided to do a podcast was that you were initially looking at starting up your stepmom pep talks. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I can't like talk to myself long enough to make a podcast. 
Absolutely. And let's give credit to Madison on this because we had a Marco polo chat where the three of us were talking almost every day, video chatting each other. And this is where my husband said, are you listening to a podcast? And (laughs) I think it kind of went from there where we really decided let's do this. And Madison was meant to be involved, but she decided she needed to take a step back and she wasn't ready to do that. She might be at some point though. So she might be coming back. <laughs> she might be, let's never say never. She, she might come. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we would like, especially with the time difference, like me and Madison would talk to each other for like an hour because we're on the same time. And then you would wake up and then <laughs> respond to everything. And then we would wake up. So it's like our husbands were hearing one person or two people like talk to each other. So it sounded like a podcast. And to me, it was like a podcast when you and Madison talked and I missed a lot because I would like just like keep it playing and I would like go to like do the dishes or clean the kitchen or something like that. So it kind of felt like a podcast to me too. So it kind of worked out. And I think that's what made the time difference work. Yeah. We could just, we could vent about our days in length without having to burden our husbands with it. And right. someone was going to hear it. And understand. And understand. And at some point there'd be two of, at least two of us talking. But even if I jumped in, let's say six hours later, you right. and would pick right back up where I was chiming in. Right. Yeah. So it worked out really well because it was like a full-on conversation. It just didn't happen all at once. <laughs> And I wish we could go back and we could just take snippets from our Marco Polis because we could just call the podcast <laughs> just out of that. Um, we definitely could have. So if Madison, if you're listening to this, we love you and you're welcome back at any point. Yes. Even um, as just a guest. I feel like she'll come on as a guest sometime because she has a lot to share on like, I don't want to like say her situation, uh, she but does. she does have a lot to share. So she does have a lot to share and if anyone doesn't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Domestic Goddess Diaries. She has a lot to share, right. so you can always go follow her. I know she is not posting as much about her stepmom life anymore because she was just finding it too overwhelming. It can be, for sure, so I understand that. And I think that's why she just wasn't ready to take the leap on the podcast. But it's not to say never, and she will probably join us either if it's an episode where I can't be on because of the time difference, she oh, might join you or she might join both of us. True. She'll definitely be a guest on the podcast for sure, whether she joins us permanently or not. Exactly. Yeah. And that'll be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I like this question that the listener wrote in, which was what has been the biggest struggle for either of you, either of you as a stepmom? That is a really good question, and I feel like there are just so many, <laughs> but um, I think the hardest thing for me is, like, being, like, the second one, so it's, like, like my husband's been one. married, he had kids, yeah, The because I'm, like, I, I also feel like this comes from being a second child also, where I'm, mm-hmm. like... Um, my sister did everything before me. So like, I was never the first to do anything. And I feel like that like childhood, like 
I I don't want to call it trauma, but like it bothered me as a kid. And I think it still bothers me because the fact that he's like done everything with someone else. And it's like, it feels like it's less important when he does it with me, even though in my head, I know it's not like, I know he cares just as much, if not more about like our wedding or like our, like ours, like having a baby or whatever in the future. But, um, to me, it feels like less impactful because he's already done it. Yeah, I can get that. I I can relate to that on so many levels, you know, especially because I don't think you and your husband have the age difference that my husband and I have. So our age difference is... No. Yeah, our age difference is 13 years. Yeah, we're only three years apart, so we don't really have one. <laughs> so my husband lived a entire life before me and at the beginning I did struggle I did struggle with being the second wife I struggled with being the second wife I struggled with the fact that he lived a life with his boy's mother before he was living a life with me but at the same time which is different to your situation I lived a lifetime before he and I got together right um which I guess that is why it's not my biggest struggle Right. And I feel like I I have always thought like if I had like been married or had a kid, either one before him, then I wouldn't feel like as like down about it as I do. And it's definitely gotten better. Like in the beginning, I like wasn't even sure if I could handle it. Um, But now obviously we're married, so I can handle it. (laughs) But um, I've always felt like it would just have been easier if I had had like like something before him. Uh, where I had never even lived with a boyfriend before him. Oh, wow. Because I am so, like, crazy about my personal space. Yeah. Where I'm like, unless I'm like, I'm going to marry you, I don't want you to move in. Because then I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get rid of you. <laughs> I had a boyfriend, like, when I was younger who wanted to, like, move in with me. And I was like, no way. Because I know this isn't forever. And I know you are never going to leave if I let you move in now. Yeah, I I have something to chime into that, but I'm going to wait till we get to one of the other listener questions before I chime into that one. And I thought thought I'd just touch on my biggest struggle. Yeah. So my biggest struggle is combating the parental alienation. Oh, yeah. So, you know, even when we went to court, the boy's mother felt necessary to turn around to the family report writer that she felt that my husband and I were having an affair, which wasn't the case. They all think that. I like my husband's ex thought that. And I was like, I didn't even meet him until you guys were like way apart from each other. And I've talked to so many other stepmoms who are like, Oh, she's accusing me of like breaking up her marriage. So we weren't doing that. (laughs) Given we did know each other. We worked together. But our relationship was not like that. Right. And I had gone through a separation prior to him and his wife separating. Right. And my my decision to separate is not based on my now husband, although my ex will make you believe it was. Uh, of course, because <laughs> they so, all think that. <laughs> um, it was a very abusive, volatile, coercive control relationship. And I finally got the strength to leave that. And even like last week, I took 
one of the kids, I'm not naming which one, took them to a, a doctor's appointment. I'm not saying what type of doctor's appointment, but the doctor had said that they were already informed by the biological mother that she believes that half the child's problems are because his father and I were having an affair. Even if you were, though, like how would the kid know that? That's the thing. It's more that she's with the parental alienation and using the parental, the emotional parentification, she's projecting her feelings onto the children. Right. So that has been my biggest struggle is learning to cope with that and learning how to not lose it at the kids when they're mimicking those behaviors. Oh, yeah. I I definitely understand that. <laughs> it's so hard. But let's jump to the next question, which also yes. touches on something that you said before, which is, do either of you ever feel like giving up? I'd be lying if I said that I never felt like that, but I do feel it way less than when I was like when we were new, which I just like touched on that. I like genuinely was not sure if I could handle it when I was like when um, my husband and I are like newer. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like much like less like that. But there are just some moments with our high conflict bio mom where I am like, I don't I don't know if I want to do this. Obviously, I want like my family and everything like that, but it is hard. It's a hard job. It really is. And I'll be lying if I said that I didn't feel like I felt like giving up sometimes. Even my husband, who's a stepdad, at times feels like giving up because dealing with my son's father is too much for him. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I, I don't know, like, personally, but I could imagine that, like, as a bio parent who's in, like, a situation like that, like, not that you ever would, but I could see you having, like, a feeling of, like, just, like, giving up, like, especially with your husband who's dealing with, like, the alienation. I could see, like, you having, like, a feeling of being, like, oh, I should just give up. Yeah, not that he would. I'm not saying he would. Some days I just want to pack my bags and run away so that I don't have to deal with High conflict bio dad, high conflict stepmom, high conflict bio mom. My husband's the same thing. Like he just wants to stick his head in the sand and pretend none of it is happening because sometimes it gets too much. Right. Yeah. I I think any stepmom would be lying if they said they never felt like giving up. I also mm-hmm. feel like most bio moms would be lying, but since I don't have experience in that area, I won't say that. <laughs> Well, I can only talk from my experience, but as a bio mom dealing with a high conflict ex, yeah, and a high conflict stepmom, I just there's some days where I do question and go, would it be easier to just throw my hands in the air and give them everything that they want? The only reason I right. don't is because my child, once again, the most empathetic child who is so in tune with his emotions and that's probably because I've put him in therapy since right <laughs> old enough to speak basically just from dealing with being in witnessing DV between his father and I I've had him in therapy I've had him working out his issues especially because earlier this year he made a decision I don't want to see him anymore and I went oh 
you know, he may not always be the best, but I don't think you're old enough to make this decision. So, yeah, you can have a break, but you're going back to therapy. You're going to work through your issues and we'll see if we can mend the fence, so to speak, or bridge, whatever. Whatever euphemism isn't going to get me into trouble with our listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because even though there's that history, I don't want my son to focus on that because his dad can be a good person. Right. And I know that if my son gives his father the chance, he can be a good dad and I don't want him to give up on him. And there may be a time where he turns around when he's 18 years old and goes, you know what, I don't want that in my life. At least I know I didn't sabotage that relationship. I gave it, I gave him all the tools to have that relationship and have the best experience with his father possible. Right. And at that point, if it doesn't work, it's on his dad, really. It really is. Um And I've said this before, I think it was in the first episode, that I do my best not to be a high-conflict bio mom because I have to deal with them. Yeah. Um, And I know that it's important for my son to have his father in his life, regardless of our relationship and the downfall of our relationship. I didn't always despise his father. His father was good to me at a point in our lives. And I know his father has a lot to teach him but I can't force that relationship to happen either. All I can do is give my son the tools to help him build that relationship. And at the same time, if my son's working towards building that relationship, like he's seven, he's almost eight. His father also has to be doing the work. Oh yeah. So if his father's not doing the work, by the time my son turns 18, he's going to turn around and just walk away from that. Yep. And at the end of the day, I'm going to know that I did all I can and I provided my son with the tools so that he didn't give up on his father. So, but circling back to if either of us feel like giving up, if there is a stepmom listening that feels like giving up, I want her to know that it is a normal feeling because this is our jobs and our relationships aren't natural, so to speak. Nope. So it's normal to feel like you want to give up. Yes. I feel like we should do a whole episode on like the emotions that you feel guilty about having as a stepmom. Cause I feel like there are so many like that. So once again, I think that's all we've got time for today. I think so. I think that was um, a good episode. <laughs> It was. So those of you listening, don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review. And thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.